Are you looking to grow revenues, increase profitability, or obtain financing? If so, you came to the right place. Running a business is all about leadership. How do you become a better leader? Learn from the successful entrepreneurs and business owners how to lead your organization more effectively. That's why we created Leadership Live at 805, Talking Small Business, to help you succeed with your host, Andrew Frazier, Business Growth Pro and CFO and founder of the Small Business Pro University. Every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern, we're joined by experienced entrepreneurs and business owners who share their secrets to success via live stream. Also, every Friday morning, we release a new podcast episode. Either way, you will learn about developing your business leadership skills from our roster of highly performing guest experts. Leadership Live is one of the many valuable resources provided through the Small Business Pro University, empowering business owners to learn, profit, and grow. Find out more at sbprou.com. Welcome back to Leadership Live at 805, Talking Small Business. I'm your host, Andrew Frazier. Excited to be back once again with you talking about my favorite topic, small business. Um, as you know, each week we have a tremendous guest who has you know great experience and valuable um, knowledge to share and always appreciate them taking time out of their busy schedule to, to share with you. And really, as a business owner, to be successful, one of the mo- key things is your ability to lead your organization because your organization can only go as far as you're prepared to take. Um, so that's why we focus on leadership. Um, you know, we're doing this for you as business owners. So welcome you, you to participate, comment, ask questions, and we wanna make this as valuable of an experience as possible. Um, this week, I'm very excited to have a special guest, Marjorie Perry. and what we're going to be talking about is really showing you the money. You know, Marjorie's been in business for many years in the construction business, um, in many other areas. And, you know, she's learned how to be successful and grow her business and really take it through the stages um, and be very successful in the space. So we're going to talk about, you know, sort of how did, how she been able to do that and, some of the key ways she's been able to generate revenues because a lot of business owners have difficulties in that space. So very excited and looking forward to it. So let me bring her on. Hey, Marjorie, how are you doing this evening? Hey, Andrew, how are you? Thank you for having me. Okay, well, thank you so much for for joining us. Um, You know, always enjoy having great people like you on the show. Um, You know, even even though we haven't seen each other in person, (laughs) In a long time, because of a long time, that's stuff, right. You know, you know, be, being able to connect virtually and hang out is, is always great. So, um, you know, definitely looking forward to chatting with you. But you know, one of the key things is, you know, everybody has a journey, and usually, um, journeys are a lot different than you would think they would be. Um, and I'm sure yours is also, you know, nobody's journey just goes straight, it, you know, 
it's jagged, you know, you're up sometimes, you're down sometimes. Uh, so if you could talk a little bit about your journey, some of the key highlights um, and some of the key learnings would be great. Oh, sure. Well, good evening, everyone. Um, as Andrew said, my name is Marjorie Perry, and I'm president and CEO of MZM Construction and Management, located here in Newark, New Jersey. Um, where do I start? Uh, I'm going to start with I'm a Newark, full-grown woman, New Jersey girl. Okay. Uh, so my journey started in Newark, and uh, I was very, 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 very interested always in being creative. Now, you know, when I started out, entrepreneurship was certainly not something that was on my mind, or did I have a project to work with or to do? Uh, it's it's just not even something that was on my mind. So I went to grammar school, went to high school, graduated, uh, went to uh, Kane University, was Kane College at the time, became an educator. Uh, and I was caught up in the first year of being laid off for teachers in Newark. Uh, I said, okay, this is mm, not enough for me. The kids were great, but the curriculum, same thing every day. I was just too restless and too curious. So I decided to go and look for something else. And one of the things that excited me was corporate America. Uh, didn't know anything about that, uh, but I decided to apply uh, to a company we all know is 3M. And that was my first corporation job. And uh, that was okay, but it was very much like the matrix, you know, everybody with the same blue suit or black suit on. So it's a little bit hard structured for me. United Airlines after that came calling. I said, okay, fine, I can travel. Maybe I can do corporate a little bit better and moved on to being one of the top sales and marketing individuals for United Airlines out of New York City. Now, that led me to really where my eyes were open to even think about having my own business at the time. I didn't really have a platform at the time and what that looked like. I didn't have a product to sell. Um, I was just very, very interested in being an entrepreneur. Um, now, let me tell you how I got to that. Uh, my charge was to get as many top individuals on our 767 to fly from New York to Hong Kong or Tokyo. And uh, all I can say is that at the end of the day, when I started this program, I said, okay, I'll do this, no problem. Uh, one of my charges was Ralph Lauren. And now remember, I'm not thinking of entrepreneurship at the time, uh, but he was my direct charge. That meant, you know, make sure he's comfortable, make sure he's happy. I need to get him off of Pan Am or TWA or any other airline besides whatever he was doing. We need to get him on United International. And he said to me a few times, because back then, United Airlines was just a domestic carrier and I could always sell. And I want you to remember that for later on in this conversation. I had been trained to sell. 3M, I had to go through Sales Academy and I had to go through Sales Academy again at United Airlines. And 90% of our business is through selling. The rest is operations and we'll talk about that in a minute. So he would always say to me, you know, you just have what it takes and maybe have your own business. You know, you're never going to make the money you want to make or be wealthy working for someone else. Sure enough, I was able to land the account, got him in, uh, 
they offered me a raise, which was 3%. I quit on the dime and decided I'm going to be an entrepreneur, not having a clue what that might look like. So I started out with a company called Map Production. That was my consulting firm. And I was going to come back and I was going to save all the people in Newark of color. And now they're going to be small business owners and wealthy. All right. That was a very, very far dream that didn't go very far. So I said, okay, fine. What are we going to do next? Met two gentlemen. They came to me and says, oh, we need to start a construction company. Now, mind you, I knew nothing about construction at the time, but I was pretty good at operations and selling, as I said earlier. Helped them get the business going. I became a partner in it. And voila, that's where MZM started. Two years in, they could not handle entrepreneurship. Everybody's not built and cut for the long distance of running a business. I always say, you know, once you take off, a business is definitely the long game and not the short game. Bought them out two years after they signed up with us and the rest was, let's go. So what happened in that first five to 10 years? I failed miserably because I came out of corporate America with a manager mindset and not a leader mindset. I say this all the time when I talk. That was probably my biggest pivot that I had to learn, get myself together to really understand that I wasn't thinking like a leader. I was thinking like a manager. And managers tend to want to do everything, execute everything. So I was really, really, really caught up in that. And of course, I lost my first million dollars <laughs> when I went out on my own. Now, so that pushed me into thinking about strategy because I really didn't have a strategy at the time. And I really wanted to focus on how am I going to move from point A to point B? And uh, so that was my beginning. So now that made me go back to school. That's when I worked on my MBA. I went back and worked on my civil engineer. Uh, because I had to do something if I was going to stay in the business or maybe just file bankruptcy and teach. So lo and behold, the airport heard about me and my story. They were very impressed with what I was able to do, brought me in. And that was one of my beginning saving grace that helped lift me over the hump to start moving forward. So all the money I made for probably the first five to seven years I had to put back into the business because I had to pay off that million dollar loan. So my retained deficit at the time looked like nothing. And I, I guess out of that piece, I always remind myself, what are you willing to sacrifice to get to the next level? Once we're in business, we're going to make sacrifices. It may not be through a failure of what I went through, but it may be a failure of hours and time to work on an idea over and over again. It may be that we have to develop something that's not taking off and we have to get more thought about it and more individuals around it. And I know Andrew talks a lot about leadership and how do you become a leader? There's no book when you first come out that says, well, this is gonna make you a leader. Leadership comes through experience. Leadership comes from failure and coming back. Leadership comes from falling down and getting up and asking the right questions and examining why the failure occurred. So that is what I want to start you with. And uh, let's go and see what Andrew has for me. 
Excellent. So we'll take it from there. I, I always love hearing people's journeys because I always learn new things about them. And, um, you know, definitely, um, you know, didn't realize you spent some time at, at 3M, which is, um, you know, I studied engineering as well and spent some time yeah, that's out on in my bio. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so, um, but, and for, former teacher, but, you hit on so many key points, so so we're going to delve into some of those. But before we do that, I'm just going to take a second to um, introduce the Small Business Pro University because, you know, I do all my activities and everything through it. So it's good for people to know what it is. And then I'll be back, um, you know, after a quick video. And Marjorie and I are going to be talking small business. Looking forward to it. Do you own your business or does it own you? Is your business growing and are you making enough money? As a business owner, there are so many things you need to know to become more successful. Hello, my name is Andrew Frazier, the business growth pro and CFO. I created the Small Business Pro University for you. Small Business Pro University has self-paced, dynamic, multimedia learning experiences created by more than 20 instructors who are business owners just like you. Small Business Pro University will empower you to become a masterpreneur by learning the secrets to creating a successful enterprise to go from working in your business to working on your business. Take advantage of our strategic coaching program or just simply choose the courses that you need at www.sbprou.com we will empower you to thrive and not just survive and make more money in any business environment okay welcome back i'm here with marjorie perry talking small business and we're gonna we're talking about show me the money so mm -hmm. when you think about money and when you think about small business, you know, I always like to have business owners know what their most important job is, and that's to get the money, to market and sell effectively. And um, you've been able to do that and actually came into small business already knowing how to do it. But many business owners never learned how to do it and, and didn't even realize that was part of being a business owner. So um, I'm sure you've run into people like that. So what what would what do you say to people that are starting out and need to learn how to sell and market? What are a few key things that they can start with um, when they're thinking about that? Well, let, let's back up for a second. I did not know how to make money in my own business when I first started. What I did know how to do was sell. Um, what I say is... Most people don't understand what it takes to make the money because they don't understand the financials. And that was my biggest lesson when I started my business, because, you know, if you're getting a paycheck every two weeks or every week, you're not sitting in the CFO's office or your your uh, controller's office and looking at for at, you know, and I'll just throw it out there. What's the cost of goods? You know, what did it take you to make that cupcake? Is it 50 cents? Is it a dollar 50 cents? So out of that $100, how much do you get to keep at the end after you go past your EBITDA uh, number? So I say to people, I don't care what you do. If you're starting today, you're starting tomorrow, regardless of my corporate background, 
I still lost a million dollars because I didn't understand the numbers. So you have to absolutely dive into the numbers. You have to understand what a profit margin is, a gross profit margin is. You know, you have to understand what EBITDA is. And more businesses that I meet are so excited about opening up and excited and passionate that they think it'll just magically happen. I'm dealing with a situation right now where this person has no clue, great idea, but no clue on what it's costing him. So at the end of the day, I can already see that there's going to be some failure for him if he doesn't stop and get it together. So here's what I say. Show me the money means understanding the numbers in your finance. You don't have to go back and get an MBA. There's so many classes. You really have Andrew right here that takes you through understanding a financial statement. If you're in food and beverage, what does it cost you to make a, 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 a pizza? So you know how much you're making at the end of the day. Do you have to raise your numbers up? Don't accept projects because you want people to like you and maybe they'll give you more business. Know your number, own your number, and stay with your number. So that's how I would answer that question. Okay. All right. Well, that's near and dear to my heart because I'm a finance guy. Mm -hmm. And um, definitely that's a challenge for many small business owners. And, um, you know, just because you're selling stuff doesn't mean you're making money. That's right. Um, and especially in construction, because, you know, you have to price stuff and you can lose a whole bunch of money on a job. You can lose money in the restaurant field. It's not about just construction. The margins yeah. are thin in F&B. The margins are thin in construction. The margins are very thin in most businesses. Um, right. So, I, you know, I, I, I will say that not especially in construction, um, you just got to understand what the numbers are because you can be extremely profitable in construction. Right. Uh, but okay. if you're if you're a hands-on person and you you're going to leave the numbers to the secretary, then yes, you could lose a whole lot of money. Um, I've been uh, coaching a couple of people that are in the food and beverage space. You know, they don't have a clue what it costs to run the business. Yep. But they make the best darn dishes you'd ever want to eat. So I, I think I just want to make sure that it's not just about construction because I'm not pigeonholed in construction. I look at a lot of other business and I factor in what their cost of goods are. I look up in the national registry what your margin should be. Are you supposed to be at 30 percent, 14 percent, 15 percent per industry? There's that data out there. So you need to know what the data is and what your margins are telling you. And if you don't understand, they need to come to you and find out how to measure their margins because their margins is telling them how profitable they're going to be. Yep. No, that's, that's key. And one good way for people to learn that is um, I teach part of the business planning workshop for the Small Business Development Center in Newark. And um, basically, it's a 20-hour course. So I teach 10 hours of finance and accounting um, where you learn all the things that you need to know as a business owner. And that's coming up in October. I'll find a link for it uh, for anybody who wants to do it because um, great learning experience and 
it's only 50 bucks where can you where can you beat that <laughs> um so yeah so definitely understanding the the numbers is key um you talked about it being a long game you know entrepreneurship's a long game so what does that mean what does that have you how how do you treat it differently than the short game what what is you know how do you um make you know prepare for the long game and prepare to be successful and how does that look relative to just running your business for today well i don't know a short game in construct in uh in entrepreneurship so there is no short game or you know don't start a business um I, your first four or five years, depending on what experience you're bringing to the table, it's going to take anywhere from five to seven years to really understand your business, your model, your customers, and where you want to be in terms of your growth. Most businesses start out as a boutique business versus a growth business because they don't understand that. Now, if you're going to start a small business and you are doing anything, you know, you can't look for, you know, your first payday and, and you've succeeded. Uh, so that's what I mean by the long game. It's going to take a good five to seven years before, before you start really rolling in, you know, a consistent rolling of cash coming in, product development, consistent customers, and not being in the transactional world. So uh, depending on if you're in residual or if you're in transactional, it's a five to seven years before you're starting to really find your wheels that's going to take you for the long game, which most people are looking at a succession plan in 20 years. Okay. All right. No, that's great. You know, one thing I always tell business owners is, you know, everything in small business tends to take longer and cost more than you expected. Um, so preparing yourself for that and being able to, um, you know, weather the storm and being committed to doing what needs to be done um and you know a lot of that's sacrificing you know like you had mentioned um and you know different business owners have take sacrifice in in different ways um but you know when you're working with business owners and really um you talked about transitioning from being a manager to a leader. Um, what were some of the things you had to stop doing and what were some of the things that you had to start doing to be able to make that transition successful? Uh, I had to stop working on uh, on the business. I, I was so much in the business. I was constantly working in the business. I was not devoting enough time and hours to growing the business. Um, I wasn't hiring correctly. So if that person wasn't able to produce, then I would take that person's job on and I would do mine and theirs. Um, I was too much of a micromanager in the beginning. Uh, I was too much of a perfectionist in the beginning. You know, all of these things are going to slow you down into really becoming a very strong and solid leader. Uh, so I had to actually hire a professional coach to like, okay, what am I doing wrong here because the business is not moving? Um, so those were some of the things that I had to do uh, to get my trust factor up. Because another thing I think sometimes small business, especially uh, uh, African-Americans um, or 
uh, Latin descent, we don't trust easily. So we think if we don't do it, nobody else can. And that kills the momentum to becoming a very strong and powerful leader. Uh, how do you get to the place that you allow people to fail and not fall apart because they did? Um, what trainings do you have to put in place, not only for yourself, but for your team? Um, I had to get better at getting feedback from uh, my team members, um, what I could do better and how I could do things better. So that's why I said it's a long game in entrepreneurship, especially for leadership. If you don't sit down and really, really self-examine, self-examine yourself so that you understand what's getting in the way. And 90% of the time, sometimes you're the person that's getting in the way. Uh, on your way to the next level of success, because each level that you get to, there's a new set of understanding you must have. Okay, no, that's a, a great point. Um, you know, as a business owner, you always have to evolve. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the further your business goes, you know, you're taking on different levels. And, you know, you usually start out as an employee, then you sort of become the supervisor. But that supervising is a different responsibilities than being an employee than a manager which is different than being a supervisor and then executive and really ceo um, so that journey every step of the journey you have to almost reinvent yourself mm -hmm. um, and it takes a specific leadership skill um, each one has a different leadership skill that you have to focus on well what is that leadership skill to you i don't know what you keep you say that I didn't have a leadership skill. I grew well, into leadership. Well, I think, well, <laughs> you, you grew into leadership, but you had to develop certain skills to move forward. So, you know, you can't work on your business without good analysis skills. So you had, I'm sure you either had them or you had to develop them. I developed them. To make them. it pass there. Um you know, for in initially, you know, when you're working in your business, one of the most important things is communication, mm -hmm. being able to communicate what you're doing, your value proposition, all that stuff. So um, and then, you know, as you go higher in the chain, you know, it may be mentoring because, you know, once you have managers, you can't you can't manage them because that's can be unproductive, but you have to be able to lead them and mentor them and develop your team so um so yeah i think of it as you know i work with a lot of business owners and sort of see where they are along the journey of evolving in terms of their skills in terms of their business structure in terms of challenges they need to overcome and actually sort of codify that into my masterpreneur playbook um, which is, uh, you know, a book I wrote last year. So, um, but, you know, it has a more detailed, but definitely as you evolve. So now one thing that's a challenge for many people coming from corporate or coming to entrepreneurship is relationships and your network. And what did you learn from that and how did you really um, develop the right relationships to be successful in business? And how did that vary from when you were in corporate? Um, I think that's a twofold answer. Um, 
I think I sucked at the right relationships in my business. <laughs> I wasn't very good in the beginning because there's no class on, on getting quality relationships. Mm-hmm. Now, since I graduated from Harvard, yeah, I understand what quality relationships are. So I don't know if I if I have a real good answer for that because we tend to, or I tend to back then, you know, I just need to get the job done. You know, I just need to pay the bills. Uh, I, I like you. Can you come and do the job? I didn't even know how to do HR in a major way. So, okay. you know, to really measure, can they do what they say they can do? So I don't know. I think that's a, a twofold answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, I think I didn't know what the right relationships were. Um, if I had to say back then and who I am today, I so I associated with B and C level relationships. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't I didn't relate with A relationships. Okay, those are the ones that move the needle quicker. <laughs> the okay. B and C, you know, right. we'll see what we can do. <laughs> yep. So, you know, and that's not to put down that category of individuals, but I was not trying to have a conversation with the top CEO of that major corporation that I want to work for. I stayed stuck on working or trying to build a relationship with the purchasing manager for years. Mm-hmm. For years. And that's a very slow climb if you do it that way, if you're not talking to the heads of state. Um, uh, So I I don't know if I answered that fully, but I don't want anyone to go away thinking that there's a rule book on the right relationship. You got to understand, are you talking to A category, B category, or C category? C is going to slow you down. B might be able to get you going a little faster, but A is the rocket ship that helps make your business more profitable. Okay. So, so definitely finding the right people to talk to in terms you of know what that is and figure out who, what that is. And then also it can be a challenge actually getting to talk to them. Um, Not really. Mm-hmm. No, okay. yeah. because 90% of the time they're going to be at an event. Okay. And we and- tend to go up and just say hello and walk away. Okay, okay, because that's the big kahuna. We don't have, we're not prepared for that five minute elevate. We're not trained sometimes. I mean, I'm trained at this point, but we're not trained for that five minute elevator pitch. Listen, I need to work for you. What's that look like? And have the confidence to do that. So I, don't, I, 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 I challenge that because they will ignore you and walk away. There's no question. Mm-hmm. But if you're compelling enough, they'll stop and listen. Yes. So, but for a lot of, small business owners first they got to get in the room because a lot of business owners don't join chambers or other or or attend the right events to even get in the room why aren't they doing that maybe they don't know maybe they're not well, that's, what, that's what you're going to teach them they need to that, get in the room that that's what that's what we teach them that, that's that's why i help start the black business alliance and right. the chamber exactly because right. you got to build relationships and you got to be where things are happening right. and with the people who are making things happen. Right. So, you know, that's key. Um, you know, one thing I find and a lot of people find is, you know, you have a network in corporate, but when you leave that, your network falls away because, you know, some people in your network like you because of your position or what company you were at. 
Um, and as soon as you're not doing that, you, you may not be as beneficial or you might not have a deeper relationship than that. Um, and also you need to build relationships with other business owners. You know, I learned a lot and I'm sure you've learned a lot just talking to other business owners and learning from them, talking to them about what you're doing and, and other things. Um, but you talked about getting help. You got coaching. Um, you know, how did that help work for you and what did it look like? And what other type of help is important for a business owner? Well, I don't call it help. I call it a uh, growth strategy. Um, um, I didn't, you know, I was clear. I was clear what I didn't know that I didn't know. And if I wasn't clear and I kept running into things, I kept saying, okay, well, let me go and talk to business coaches. I, I talked to a life coach, uh, you know, because I didn't know if I was getting in the way. Um, so um, I didn't know how to be vulnerable in business, uh, which I think is a very great attribute to finally get to. Um, so these were the support mechanisms um, that I put in place because I knew that I needed to talk to individuals that would give me a different perspective than what I had of my own. One of the things that you can be is very lonely in your business. And when you're lonely in your business, you start asking the question and answering the question, and it may not only be relevant, relevant to you. Uh, so I had to get clear on my communication style, and that is through getting great support. And then the other thing I did, probably my fifth year in, is that I set up advisory board. Uh, some women that I really, really admired. Uh, one woman was uh, the CEO for Pathmark back then. I asked her to sit on my advisory board. She didn't know me from a can of paint, but I asked her anyway. That's what I'm saying. So these are the things that you might want to model after. And I was always good in saying, listen, they do that really well, or it seems like they do that really well. I really want to model after them. And I want to have those kinds of relationships uh, on my advisory board. So those were the things that I did that I just kept feeding myself and feeding myself and feeding myself uh, those kinds of information. And, and if you don't do that, you cannot get the support that you need because you will get in your own way. You will get frustrated. Um, you'll, you'll not understand that the move, needle is constantly moving. Um, I actually went as far as started teaching uh, entrepreneurship as an adjunct professor, just so that I could force myself to read and study and help others with their business, which fed back to me what I needed to look at for myself. So I, I was always big on continual learning, which I still continue to do today. I think one day I'm going to just stop doing that, but I'm a, I'm a real fiend for learning and learning something new. And the environment we lived in today is that things are changing every 90 days. So if you're not in an adaptive mindset, you won't survive anyway. Okay. So, so I, I, I bet you that you will never stop learning. <laughs> Even though you Probably may not, not. want to. <laughs> I, I, I am addicted to it. There's no question about it, you know, because right. it's always something new to learn. Right. But that, that's what you have to do as a business owner now, even more than ever. Like you said, the speed of change, the speed of technology, and you have to put yourself in a position to learn. Like you, you consciously taught 
and use that as a way to learn. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I do training, teaching, even from the show here, um, you know, positioning yourself in ways to learn um, practically as well as reading is key. Um, right. So, so, you know, as a business owner, you know, if you're not learning things every day, every week, then, then you need to do something different. Um, right. So, because you're, you're never going to be able to create an enterprise. That's exactly you know, right. You, you won't be prepared to be able to run one. So you won't be able to create one. Um, but, you know, there's, you can have your growth strategy like Marjorie has, as far as getting the right people on your team, you know, as far as getting the right feedback and ideas that you need um, to be successful. So, you know, these are all key things. So, you know, we've been talking about some great stuff. Um, just gonna take a, take a minute break um, just to share a little bit, um, you know, I mentioned, um, the Masterpreneur Playbook that I put together. I'm just going to show a one-minute video, and then we'll come back, continue talking small business with Marjorie Perry. The best sports teams have a proven playbook. Everyone should have one. We've got one for you because there are so many things you need to know as a business owner. Many business owners work longer and harder for less money than if they had a job because they are on the wrong path. Break that cycle with the Masterpreneur Playbook, a five-step business growth plan that addresses the challenges that business owners face going from working in their business to working on their business. Hello, my name is Andrew Frazier, business growth pro and CFO. The Masterpreneur Playbook incorporates proven strategies for successfully growing your business that I discovered during my personal journey. Is there any reason you wouldn't want to accelerate the growth of your business, make more money, and have more free time? Of course you will. Don't hesitate. Visit www.spprou.com to download a complimentary copy of the Masterpreneur Playbook today. Okay. Welcome back to Leadership Live. I'm here with Marjorie Perry, and we're talking small business. Um, you know, one of the things that, that you had talked about was really um, strategy and your know, business strategy. And um, how did you, what is business strategy? And, you know, how did you learn how to do it successfully? You like using that word successfully, but I don't know. I think my strategy is constantly evolving. Um, strategy is who, what, when, where, how. That's strategy, bottom line. Who is the customer? What is your value proposition? Who? How are you going to be profitable with it? And how can you share that with the world? That's a strategy. Um, who is the competition? you know, the five forces from uh, Michael Porter, you should know the barrier to entry can be very, very difficult if you don't understand where you're going and how you're going to get there. And if there is a barrier, how do you overcome the barriers? If there's a threat, do you know what that threat is? Is there somebody that's going to model after you and, and take away everything that you built up in two years? So our strategy um, has all of the executive summaries 
It has all of the pros and the cons. It has the weaknesses and the strengths. And it outlines clearly, you know, what you need to improve on and what's working. So that's such a strategic plan or growth plan that's in place uh, at MZM. Okay, great. And, you know, one key thing about strategy is, you know, you really have to do analysis. You can't just come up with a strategy that's good if you're not really taking some time to do some analysis and to plan around it. Um, you know, one other thing is, you know, strategy gives you clarity for yourself and your organization. And um, so you said you, you put, put it together for your team. Who works on it with you and who do you give it to and who do you share it with and why? Well, the, um, the CFO, comptroller, the accountant, the lawyers, and the senior leadership team. Um, this way we're cohesive on what the mission is. Uh, the, if we're on the same page with the miss, mission and what we're trying to get out of it, then we are in concert on deliverables and that we're in a repeatable mode of excellence for our customers, excellence and safety for our employees, and excellent in how we're being profitable in each and every job. So those are the key folks that are aware of the strategy. Okay. So, you know, one of the most important things is, is helping your organization to be aligned and all of your team to be aligned. Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times, you know, you can say things, but everybody doesn't have the same understanding. Um, but if you have a written strategy that you can discuss and make sure everybody's on the same page, that really helps your organization to be more, um, more consistent, more predictable. It helps you, it reduces, um, you know, um, conflict within the organization uh, because everybody sort of knows the mission and knows how you're going to accomplish it. Um, so with your strategy, um, you know, a big piece, I guess, is the marketing and, and growth part of the strategy. And, you know, when you're putting that together, um, what's are some of the key things that, um, that you look, look about in terms of growth? I know there's different ways that businesses can grow. Um, but as far as for your business or different ways you evaluate um, growth, what are some of the key ways that um, you look at growing or a business owner can look at growing their business? Well, we have a year over year decision on what we want to do and we go out and sell and we bring business to the table. I mean, we don't, there's nothing magical about that. You know, listen, if we are, you know, if our goal is to grow four or 5% every year, five or 7% every year, then how do we make that happen? And that's through new customer contacts, business development, and, and implementing them into our work in progress. So nothing fancy about that. Just every year we want to grow by three, 4%. If we don't, why didn't we? And then we evaluate that and then we, we go back at it. Okay. So, so you have a growth goals and I guess you manage 
to the goals. And, um, you know, so with, with your growth plan and you know, so pretty much, um, you know, with your selling, um, you know, you said you go out, sell to the goals and, you know, with the sales marketing can always help make sales easier. Um, what do you do in terms of marketing and do you find that you're able to sell less or easier based on the marketing that you're doing? I don't think marketing is ever easy. Mm. <laughs> marketing is just an ongoing part of your business model. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I, I, I will not agree that it's easier. I think that my marketing today is that people are aware that I provide good service and I'm a quality organization, but that's over a lot of time. But marketing is never easy. There's a lot of people. We're competing globally with other small businesses from around the world. So you have to be adaptive and you have to be proactive on how you're going to refresh your marketing on a continuous basis. And right. that's just based on social media. I mean, every day they're posting every day they're getting their name out there. So I don't know if it gets easier. I think it's just consistent and the message needs to be clear. You know, what do I do, how I do it. I think uh, the announcements of some of the successes need to be constantly reinforced because people don't pay attention to marketing like they used to. Mm -hmm. They pay attention to consistency and messaging. Okay. So, so it's yeah. shifted dramatically to me. Right, right. No, and more I look at marketing making sales easier. I'm not in that business. I'm in okay. the construction. I have to bid. Okay. Okay. I have okay. to bid. I bid right. work. Uh, so it I I'm 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 federally mandated or state mandated. So what okay, we do so. is be have the opportunity to talk to those people that I can bid to. But then mm -hmm. it's like the best and the best number possible. And even if you're selling, the only thing that I can think of that you can sell is food. Everything else today, if you're a different kind of business, may even be selling widgets. You have to bid it. If anything, it's over $17,000, especially if it's on the state level. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. that, that's what I mean by that. It, I don't think it makes it easier. They know you, but if you can't produce, it doesn't matter anyway. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool. So, um, you know, one thing we always look at and try and take away key things is, you know, based on what we've talked about, we've covered a lot of topics from leadership to strategy to um, selling, a little bit about operations. Actually, we didn't cover too much on operations, but you, you mentioned it and you, you said you may want to come back to it. Is there something you wanted to share on the operations? Listen, I think operations sometimes is bigger than selling. Because okay. you can bring you can bring a lot of business to the table, but if you cannot execute, that's a tough day. That's a <laughs> tough day. So you've got to have those processes in place. You know, how did when the work comes in, how does it funnel through? What does that look like when they're in the middle of it? Who's in charge of logistics? How does the supply chain drop down and how does the deliverable get to the customer? So if you say you fast and you're quick on delivery, what does that look like from construction or, you know, having a catering company? 
you must have a strong logistic plan so that the sale is made, now deliver, how are we going to get there? How are we going to close the deal? And that's through constant co communication with the stakeholders. I think that is just vital because too many customers or uh, small businesses that I talk to, uh, well, you know, have 40 excuses why something didn't happen the way it's supposed to happen. I'm really, I, I, I'm not your coach. There is no excuse in delivering. You mm -hmm. have the opportunity, you need to deliver. So therefore you need to know what your processes are. Okay. So stop selling if you can't deliver. Okay. Because that at the end of the day, that's an oxymoron. And uh, I see that all the time or this didn't happen. And we're in a really tight supply chain issue right now. So if you're in a tight supply chain, what are you doing to, you know, evaluate a B level game plan so that that operation keeps going and pushing it out because eventually the operation is done so well, people will just call you and give you business okay. because of the execution. And then that's the best promotional marketing that you can have other people referring your business to other people. Okay. No, definitely. That that's a great situation to be in, and, but you have to build that trust yes, that takes and time. deliver. Um, you know, a lot of people think operations is, easier than it is and especially if you haven't dealt with operations what are what are a few key things that you should know or need to think about in terms of your operation well i just said it you you've got to have what's the what's the funnel look like okay. you know what you know create the funnel sales in who is who's the turnover to who does who, who pushes it out who gets it to where it needs to be? Are you manufacturing something? Are you building something? You know, what what stakeholders need to know where you are in the process? And are you going to deliver on time? So if okay. you say it's going to be done in five weeks, then what is that supply chain look like? What does it have to happen? That's that's basic operations. Okay. So setting up processes and procedures and that's, communicating. That's yeah, you've got to have that. You 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 know it's Selling will die in 10 minutes. It only takes 10 minutes for you to get a bad reputation. Mm. So operation okay. is key. Okay. Hand in hand. Yes. And and some businesses more than others. Yeah, um, some businesses more than others for sure. So, but um, but yeah, definitely being able to deliver. And um and you know, one other downside of your operations, if you don't have them in control that's where a lot of businesses end up losing money and wasting money. Right. How um, efficient is the operations? You right. know, how efficient, you know, you have to touch it five or six times versus one time, you know? So what, what, what is that process? Do you have to put up tic-tac notes all over the place? Do it this way over and over again. You know, how many weeks do you put your managers through that training? So they understand what the processes are. You know, and then measure every week. How did we do? Okay. You know, because those milestones are important. Right. And especially as a leader and you grow, um, a lot of times you have to manage your business by the numbers and looking at your well, goals. I, I thought all, all businesses had to manage their business by the numbers, but okay. Maybe well, there's some out there that don't. The well, only businesses I know that don't manage by the numbers is consultants. 
If you're <laughs> delivering something, selling something, or building something, you got to manage by the numbers. And you right, need but, to see what that metric looks like on a weekly basis. But as, as you get further away from the day-to-day, the only way you can really understand how your business works mm-hmm. is is through the numbers. But yeah, you 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 need to know your numbers all the time. But it becomes more and more imperative, yes, um, if you're going to run your business successfully because that's what you have to work with. So, yes. Um, so no, this is this is great. Um, you know, we got a lot of great comments, a lot of people on. Um, from different areas of the country and everything. So just definitely appreciate everybody joining in. Um, you know, we're getting close to the end, uh, which always sneaks up on us. But one thing I always ask the guests is to really think about, you know, three key things that people should take away from what we discussed tonight so that they can put them to use and start implementing it tomorrow and be more successful. So I'll give you a minute to think about it, but, um, you know, if you can leave, leave us with three key things, um, you know, that's always valuable because, you know, sometimes you can't recall everything and you can only do a certain number of things, but at least getting started with the right things is key. So we'll take a minute just to learn a little bit about the Power Breakfast, the events that we have. We have one coming up on October 28th. And then we'll be back with uh, Marjorie and the the three key things that we learned about tonight. If you are looking to increase revenues, improve profitability, and or obtain financing for your business, you need to check out the Power Breakfast and Small Business Pro conferences. My name is Andrew Frazier. One of the things we're here to do is supercharge your day. Today's Power Breakfast has really been a phenomenal experience. Uh, I think it's exactly what business owners need, uh, some true guidance of people who are genuine and really are leading them in the true direction of business growth and expansion. The Power Breakfast is so important for the entrepreneurial community because it gives the various business people who come together an opportunity to interact and also do some business. These events hosted by Andrew Frazier, President and COO of Small Business Like a Pro will supercharge your debt. Okay, welcome back. Um, here with Marjorie Perry. Um, as we close out, um, you know, uh, just what just what I would say. I can't believe that the hour flew by so quickly. And, you know, but it's always great having guests like Marjorie um, who make it easy to, um, you know, really get a lot out of it and want more. Um, So, you know, definitely as we look at things now, um, you know, we talked about key things. What what three things would you recommend we do and um, starting tomorrow and take away so that um, that'll help things with you being more successful in your business? Well, my first one is, why are you in business? Make sure you understand why you're doing it. A lot of people don't have a clue as to why they're in business. Number two, make sure you know yourself. Do an assessment. Are you a 
follower? Are you introvert? Are you an extrovert? Because that's going to be key as you're building and evolving on your leadership. And the third one, know the numbers. You have to know the numbers. I don't care if you're a $50,000 in revenue or you're doing $40 million in revenue. And that's the goal. Everybody doesn't want to be a $40 million business. You may like being a boutique business, but get very comfortable in understanding what you want, not what you think you should be doing. And I'm going to leave a fourth one. Don't follow what anybody else is doing. Pay attention to your own spirit about it. Pay attention to the advisors that you surround yourself with and be open to being coachable from whoever gives you advice. Because the more coachable you are, the quicker you can evolve into the next level level of understanding your business, your growth, and taking care of your family and your employees. So those are my little pearls of wisdom for the night. Okay, no, those those are excellent. So why are you in business? How did you get where you are and why? Uh, knowing yourself, that's key. I always, you know, if you haven't done like a Myers-Briggs or any of those types of assessments, you may want to do those. You can do them online for free. But um, to be a good leader, you have to first lead yourself and understand how to communicate and connect with others. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So that's key. Um, you know, I always like books, um, recommending them for, for people. And one of the ways I help people understand that is through Dale Carnegie. Um, I don't know if you're a big fan of um, him and his books, like um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, but that's that's usually gives people some perspective on, you know, how to interact with people in a good way. Knowing your numbers, of course, if you don't know your numbers, you don't really even understand how your business works. And um, special bonus, don't follow others and be, um, you know, be the individual and focus on who you really are and bring that out in your business because that's what can differentiate you. So. Um, Excellent. So thank you, Marjorie. This has been great. Um, You're so welcome. Okay. Always a pleasure hanging out with you. I, you know, I know it's, it's late. So, um, you know, definitely, you know, great that you took some time to, to really uh, participate and share some of your vast knowledge and wisdom. Um, you know, if you have a few minutes, just hang out as I close out and um, you know, we'll go from there. You know, as I always, always say, at the end of the day, the more that you know as a business owner, the faster your business will grow. Thank you for listening to Leadership Live at 805, Talking Small Business. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Leadership Live is one of the many valuable resources provided through the Small Business Pro University, empowering business owners to learn, profit, and grow. Find out more at sbprou.com.